uncovering your truth and fire one conversation at a time. This is the Spitfire Podcast. The Spitfire Podcast is brought to you by the Spitfire Coach based in Washington, D.C. If you want to put the fun back in your business or the passion back in your career, head on over to spitfirecoach.com, check it out, and go ahead and schedule a complimentary discovery call. Hey guys, before we get started, I have some super duper exciting news. If you've listened before, you know that I've been writing a book and the book is here. That's right. Spitting Fire, your guide to reignite and maintain your passion at home, work and beyond is here. You can order your copy. I've got some pre-orders available, but you can see me live talking about it on August 17th at the brand new co-working space, Mindspace in downtown DC. We only have a few seats left. So if you'd like to attend, head on over to spitfirecoach.com book and hit the August 17th event link. You can also order your book on Amazon. You can pre-order. It goes live on August 18th, or you can order through spitfirecoach.com slash book. Check it out and enjoy today's show. Don't be nervous. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> I'm totally recording now. That's really funny. You can use that. I'm gonna, buy yeah, that'll, be, that'll be that'll be the intro. <laughs> I'm scared. You should be. You should be. <laughs> What's going on, guys? That is the voice of our guest today, Katie McKenzie. We are coming live from Mindspace, the newest co-working amazing space in Washington D.C. This is actually their first product in North America in the U.S. In North America. Holy crap! We are making Indeed. history here. So yes. I just got a private tour. I was here when it was under construction. And if you've been paying attention, this is going to be the home of the launch of my book, Spitting Fire, Your Guide to Reignite and Maintain Your Passion at Homework and Beyond. We can't wait. Yay! <laughs> so we just looked at the space setup and where everyone's going to mix and mingle, and I'm super excited that it's happening. Uh, actually, it'll be happening the week that this goes out, so next Monday. We are now at August 7th, so we are in 10 days countdown. And, crazy. And Katie just got a sneak peek of the book. She hasn't read it, but she just got to peer through it. So Katie and I met in uh, a very odd way, but the theme of today's show is why you should always talk to strangers. Uh, not creepy ones, not ones that look like they're going to do some bad things in a white van, but why you should always talk to people who you might be intrigued by or you might be a little intimidated by initially. Friendly looking strangers. Friendly looking ones. And Intriguing if, strangers. Even if they have <laughs> resting bitch face, I still think that you should approach people, unless they're a real bitch, and then you're like, That's ooh. True. I do have that sometimes. You do? Yeah. I've been told I do too. That's okay. I kind of am a bitch sometimes when I don't want to give people my time, <laughs> but then it's not resting, it's active. But Katie and I, you tell this story. Okay. So we went to a lovely small business expo that we won't name. Even, Even though I it's called the Small did. Business Expo. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so unbeknownst to... Each of us, we were having a bad time at this expo and um, just kind of looking around and meeting a couple people, trying to do our you know fair share of networking. And um, I see this table that's like, leave your business card behind. And so I'm like, all right, I came here to network. I'm going to leave my business card behind. And I stick it on the table, walk away, come back. Someone's looking at my business card and lo and behold it's lauren <laughs> and she i i forget who said the first word but then um you definitely struck up the conversation and were like very amicable and very fun to talk to and such a breath of fresh air in this little expo 
and just started talking about your business and what you had going on and the rest is history. The rest is history. <laughs> well, she says it's a little small business expo, but this thing was in the convention center. And if you've ever been in the convention center, you need to bring your walking shoes and probably That's a true. scooter to get through this thing. And the way that this was set up, they had this exhibition space with like the snake oil salesman to the side of like, come sit down and, and be sold to for 45 minutes. And then they had these breakout sessions, which were a half mile down the, the corridor. And then you got to sit there for an hour and change to have people sell to you. Um, so we had these expectations of like, yeah, we're going to meet some interesting people that could potentially do business with us. But that was not the case. Indeed. And I remember it. I think we were both putting our business cards down at the same time. And I was like, I like your card. And you're like, I like yours. <laughs> so this is the point for everybody out there. Don't go with the lame business cards. Because if you That's get true. ones that are interesting... It can strike up a conversation. Lauren actually had my favorite business card on the table. I will have you know. And so then when I found out that she was the owner of said business card, it actually, I think, subconsciously alerted me to the fact that she was aware. And uh-huh. <laughs> had a I was, good head on her I shoulders. I was woke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, so that's interesting because I was looking, I don't know if you did this, I did a walk around and this was actually the one cool takeaway that I got from the event is they had this almost rectangular table. It was massive and they had different sections of business represented. Mm-hmm. And so they had these stacks and tiers that you could place your business card in if it was something that you did or wanted to get attention on. And I noticed that the same like four businesses put their card down everywhere (laughs) and there is no way that you do everything in business so make sure that you know your niche and you do Uh it well um, and then have a business card that speaks to that so if you have like the uh the clip art uh you can tell if you get it printed on crappy stock people know so invest a little bit more i highly recommend moo i love moo Moo so good that's who we did ours our most recent run on and no no regrets. Yeah. Uh, that's how I, so my, my cards on the back of it said, uh, get engaged, no ring necessary, uh-huh. but I'll send your proposal is my finishing line. <laughs> um, I've had those cards since I started my They're business, so <laughs> but I need to redo them. Cause I just had, I, I learned my lesson. I did the cheap run through staples. Oh my gosh. We did the same They're thing. So after after oh. We did our, oh my God. You're like, this is a great deal. Later. I'm only spending 20, 30 bucks on yeah. 500 cards, but I mean, these it's things, not a great deal. Night and day Mm-mm. rounded edges. Thick cardstock, way to go. I mean, it feels like it's like almost lotion-y. Oh, it's amazing. It's so good. So spend sleep on one, make it your pillow. Yes. I just go, I go and pat myself <laughs> with it. So tip one is have business cards that represent you. Yeah. Not that, you know, represent someone's stock. Because mm-hmm. you guys have a really cool one. You guys have like black and white abstract art on there. Yeah. So we actually have, um, it's kind of fun. Whenever uh, we started, we got to choose what graphic we wanted on the back of our business cards. And it they're all taken from different art around our spaces globally. So they're all mm. like really interesting and cool. The one I chose first was this sweet um, like abstract art from one of our sites in Germany. But then we just have fun little art pieces that all or quirky and individual, but still speak to the brand, mm. which is fun. So Mindspace started in what location? Mindspace started in Tel Aviv, Israel, and yeah. expanded pretty quickly across Europe. We've got 25 locations in 12 countries, mm-hmm. and now our very first spot in the U.S. That's awesome. Yeah. San Francisco's coming next. Yeah, San Francisco is next month. I feel pretty cool being in the first, because I feel like San Francisco or New York is always first. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, we're super excited that DC is the first one. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot different than the other options on the market right now in DC. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. Uh, and who doesn't like to be first? So who doesn't Here like to are. be first? So, but there are a lot of other co-working spaces out there. There's tons of brands. Yeah. So, what do you think is the biggest uh, differentiator for Mindspace? Yeah. yeah, and we really hope that when people walk in the space, they'll really feel the difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, but aside from our unbelievable design and it really being a breath of fresh air, when you really consider just kind of the stodgy office spaces that were all built in the '70s that are you know, the lion's share of the market right now. Um, We have unbelievable design, but then our community management team are really second to none. I got two hugs when I came in, guys. (laughs) I mean, I can't guarantee that for you, but I got two out of three hugs. I mean, (laughs) you guys come in requesting a hug and we will deliver. Wow. Not if you're creepy, though. (laughs) It's true. Don't be creepy. Um, No, but my team's just amazing. And, like, it's one thing to, like, say you care about your people but like looking at the people that I work with every day like they really do care and um our businesses are awesome and there's just a really cool dynamic in the space so if you could kind of describe in like three words the the typical business or person that comes to work from here what are what are they like oh three words I know Ricky I know you thought I was going to give you a softball gosh I love (laughs) it um I would say innovative adventurous and fun fun yeah yeah you can't be non-fun in this space so you walk around and there's like little personality quirks in every forces you to be fun yeah if you don't smile in this space you kind of have issues (laughs) right or you leave so or you leave and it's not for you but I think I think it's it's great that there are so many options there um I actually read someone posted this article on Facebook where it was like you know all of the co-working spaces with their taglines and it was like mm-hmm. different from the rest but every tagline was the same was different from the rest <laughs> yeah and it was all like you know make your home make it what you want we're here to support you um but none of them were really like even Regis who's like known mm-hmm. for being very stodgy and like here's what you get mm-hmm. had the same tagline <laughs> so I don't know if they're using the same ad agency but it was really just, funny yeah one hit wonder they do all the co-working spaces <laughs> yeah so you've you've been working with Mindspace for how long since February so what five months and what were you doing now? before then before I so most of my experience is in nonprofit communications uh, but most directly right before this I was doing fundraising for a really great nonprofit um, and then doing freelance graphic design and marketing so how the hell did you make the leap from nonprofit <laughs> graphic design to being a community manager yeah so what what I realized my background in communications and design led me for a moment to to branch out and do freelancing and explore starting my own um, like creative business and doing that over the last year it was really fun I learned a lot it was really eye-opening um, but I was also doing that in tandem with the fundraising for the nonprofit and with that I was primarily doing on-site event management and on-site fundraising. Mm. So I have these two jobs. One, I was kind of in a silo working on my computer all day. And then one was like full throttle just for a weekend or just for a week where I was working with people. And then when I left, the relationships were left in the hands of the people back in the office. So 
that kind of got me on this trip of trying to think through positions because I really loved the personal touch and the interaction and the relationship development and so started thinking about ways that I could do that on the long term and be the one responsible Mm -hmm. for uh, maintaining those relationships and community management was one that kind of rose to the top and seemed fun Um, and that's another thing like because my experience is so varied I have a really really hard time job searching and not just my experience but my interest Mm -hmm. are so varied and so um, anytime I would go to Indeed or Idealist or wherever I'm going to just kind of peek around and see what's on the market I would have the most difficult time because I wouldn't get excited about anything. I would be, I would read through the job description and my response would basically be like, I can do that, mm-hmm. but I'm not excited about it. And so after I had kind of gone on this personal journey of looking into community development um, or community management, and I found Mindspace. And even with some of the other positions and things, it was like, yeah, I could do that. That would be fun. But they were the first company whose um, responsibilities and just the way that they function as a business, the fact that we're only four years old, but there's you know so much to be done and so much to learn. And um, it was the first one that I got really excited about. And so kind of all went from there. It's so interesting because I, I think about it. It's like community management mm-hmm. did not exist. Oh yeah, ten yeah. years ago. Which is funny because if you think about it, I'm like, what? How would I explain my job to like the layman who's not involved in mm-hmm. in co-working or like in this world? And you're like an office manager, you know, like more or less, you're an office manager, which sounds really boring yeah (laughs) but on the flip and that's it's actually been a cool thing that I've been learning because while that can sound really boring it's what you make it Mm -hmm. so like if you want to manage a boring office then yes you're a boring office manager but if you want to infuse life and fun and opportunity and experience into your space then like all of that's at your disposal it's just all how you position and think about it and then approach that work which has been really cool that's awesome yeah so I've worked with a lot of clients when they're doing career transition so exactly what you were describing is what they face so it's like you go into this very traditional job search, mm-hmm. you have your experience, you have your expertise, your education, and then you have this availability. And then you're trying to like fit the puzzle pieces in and you end up making the compromises of like, mm-hmm. I could do that, I could do this. But it's almost like you have to turn your brain into a different lens of like, what do I really want? Yeah. Rather than what am I settling for? Yeah. And I think there's this point where you take the ownership instead of like looking for permission mm-hmm. to go and pursue your passion and and to turn off like the the expectations and the stories that you hear growing up because it's like I don't know if you heard this growing up but it was like you know I work my day job so that I can then retire and then have the life I want to have right or you know good luck trying to work in your passion or your yeah. it's just a hobby so I feel like now right 
as we sit here, there is a new focal point on getting satisfaction and having happiness at work. Right. That there is no division. Right. Yeah. And it's such a relief because when I hear people talking like that and even, I mean, I feel like it's still a question sometimes whenever you're talking about the job search, like, well, what matters to you, your weekends or your weekdays? And like, do you want to work for the weekend or whatever? It's a sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why does it have to be a sacrifice? Like, because if everyone worked within their passion and there's still an argument that like, oh, well, you work to uphold your passion or to like pay for your passion. And I don't know. I think that there's just a lot of missed opportunity when mm-hmm. when you think about it like that mm-hmm. um but also there needs to be more consideration for like even in a job that on the surface may be settling or something like how can you still maintain energy and you know create new projects and things that like make you excited about the space you yeah. know like we have so many little side projects going on around here that are really fun and so fun to like brainstorm and plan towards and events we're planning like my gosh like we can't wait for your event it's gonna be so fun you know (laughs) and like it's those little things throughout the day that um you know make make work special and make work fun I mean so everything I'm hearing is all about mindset so if you show up to work expecting it to be a grind expecting it to be a struggle guess what you're going to get it how could it possibly be anything else right i like i I wrote this blog um a month or so ago that was like be careful with the language you use about the work you do you might think it's cute on a coffee mug or a sticker but what are you actually injecting into your daily life so true yeah like i hate those words like Mm -hmm. even if it's in scripty font like i've got it on my book cover um (laughs) But you won't hear me say, like, you know, keep grinding, keep hustling. The struggle is real. No, it's not. The struggle is made up, and it's an illusion. So knock it off. Yeah. Knock it the fuck off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And it's fun. Like, come on. Why can't it be fun? Who doesn't want to, like, have a little bit of friction and do a little bit of problem solving throughout their day? You know? Like, that's what keeps things interesting. Well, that's why I'm so glad that you said the people that come in here are fun. Mm -hmm. Because... I work with small business owners and entrepreneurs and they are taking their mindset of corporate life and injecting it into their entrepreneurial life. I'm like, if that playbook didn't work for you, why the hell are you transferring it? (laughs) Right. But you have to stop them in their tracks. You have to start your new thing. But they don't, unless you take the time to process what you actually want and and how you want to live your life and what's important, you will take on all of the baggage and the lessons and the stories that other people have left for you and you'll bring it along. And you yeah. don't, and then you realize, why am I so tired? Why mm-hmm. am I drained? Why can't this be fun? Right. One, like an important lesson for me was just learning that like you, for the longest time, I just felt like I had to wait for permission to do things. And I mean, it makes sense if you come from a corporate background where there's structure and there are ways that you do things and that's how you learned and grew and adapted, you know, why would you think otherwise but it's like you need just that moment to be shaken and be reminded like oh like you have the freedom to 
to make this your own and you don't have to fit within a structure Mm -hmm. and like just because people did something one way doesn't mean that you have to do things that way Mm -hmm. and that is like it's so simple but it's such an important lesson Mm -hmm. um because especially like I grew up in the traditional south and so grew up with a lot of traditions and ways of doing things and my question would always be like well why Mm -hmm. and the answer that I would get is because that's how we do things and I'm like that's not an answer we've always done it that way like that's (laughs) that's not an answer and so I think you know something important when you're going out on your own starting your small business is like not like making it your own thing and Mm -hmm. if you if you have structure and you have reasons that you are doing things ask yourself why Mm -hmm. and make sure that it's because it's what you want and not because it's what was placed on you did you read my book already (laughs) (laughs) just kidding just kidding so you mentioned something like you you used to ask for permission so at Mm -hmm. what point did did you make that pivotal moment to shift gosh so (laughs) honestly it was one of my best friends back I was working for a nonprofit um, and we were traveling around the country like screening films and raising awareness raising money for for our cause and one of my best friends at the time was like you know not to be cliche because I'm talking to you but such a little spitfire and (laughs) she was like awesome and um, just taught me a lot about like friendships and life and Uh, And at one point, she just made some comment like, I hate rules. And it it really was the first time that I was like, oh, like, people exist outside of rules. Because I was like, like, I was a rule-abiding citizen. And if you told me something like, well, that's what we're going to do because that's the rule. And so it was just that injection of that other opinion that was like, what? but why Mm -hmm. and so it was just like that one little seed of of why that I needed to start thinking more like that and then um like other teams that I've been on and other people have really influenced me to kind of challenge processes that maybe don't make sense or question things that um aren't as streamlined as they could be and you know make them better and refine them and then once you do that and it works and things get better it's like all the more reason to want to question more and want to push more and want to make things better because it works so what do you think allows you to question Hmm. probably well a lot of it is I think being in a space where you're allowed to question, mm-hmm. being in a in an environment where that type of mindset is acceptable, because mm-hmm. um, I haven't always been, and it has caused friction in the past, mm-hmm. and and you know those those things don't always work out, you know, if, yeah. if you're in a space that isn't safe to question and to push boundaries. Um, but then when you are and you see success come from it, it, it just makes sense to keep doing it and keep going. Yeah. I, I did a, a virtual conference two Novembers ago. And so the topic was, can you create change if you don't have the title? 
And my point was no, because if you're in a toxic environment and you're not in a position to make and sustain change, mm. you can make small change, but the overall environment will always create conflict for you yeah. if it's not primed to change with you. Right. And you'll get even more frustrated yeah. and, and more hell-bent on, on leaving. Yeah. So it has to be... It has to be a space that inspires and respects mm. a little bit of rebellious nature. But but it yeah. also has to be like, you know, what is it worth to you? Because I think that some people just like the fight. Yeah. Or they or they want the drama or they want mm-hmm. they want conflict to almost distract them from themselves. Yeah. And I mean that's a really I think important thing to bring up because the the goal is not conflict. Mm-hmm conflict is a necessary step to achieve change and to get better and to be refined Mm -hmm. Uh, but if your goal is conflict then like no one wants you on their team yeah (laughs) But, but I don't think people are aware enough to know that that is actually what their goal is because they're not even sitting mm. to think about what is it that I want and why yeah. do I want it? Yeah. Because there's still an autopilot of like, this is just what you do. This is what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what I'm supposed to do. Right. This is what I should do. Right. So I think there's there's like a general wake up happening. It's slow, mm-hmm. but I see it picking up traction because in the same way that you had your spitfire friend around you yeah you were in turn inspired by her bold actions right and you then making this step to make a change in your life to move to a city you've never lived in where you didn't know anybody mm-hmm. to work in this space and now you're in in front of all of these people who are starting businesses you then have impact yeah. in being yourself and that is the true power of the spitfire not in coming and telling yeah. people but inspiring other people just by being them I've got goosebumps. You see that? Oh, man. I'm glad we're recording. (laughs) Holy shit. She has goosebumps, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) But but this is the other part of it, is that when you are living in your truth, when you are showing up as you, and I hate hate the word authentic because I feel like it's really overused, but when you are your authentic self with no gimmicks, no one-liners, no like regurgitating prophecies of bullshit, Mm -hmm. when you show up as yourself, people will naturally gravitate towards you that are ready to interact with you yeah. and evolve and connect. And I think that's why we're sitting at this table because we both showed up. We're like, we are having the worst <laughs> time ever at this bullshit conference, but we're going to make the best of it. But this girl seems great. Yeah, <laughs> let's have wine. And we did. That's the other tip. So so tip one, have a really kick-ass business card. Uh, step two, talk to strangers. But step three is when you meet someone that's awesome, set something up at that moment. Yeah. Because we both pulled out our phones. Okay, when, yeah. when are you free? Let's do this. I sent you an email. We did do it that we day. Did. Did we? we did. And right. my best connections are when I take advantage at that moment. I'm like, I don't want to have to hound you. And if yeah. you have to hound me, it means I'm not that into you. <laughs> I have a lot of yeah. people that are like, let's do coffee. Let's do lunch. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, people that I've had lunch with. But like, I honestly feel like it's really one-sided where they're yeah. trying to just get free advice. Yeah. That's the tricky part about my business is True. like I'm not going and cleaning your your house or you know fixing your pipes. Right. Like people think they're having a casual conversation with me, but mm-hmm. like it's actual work for me. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, our first wine together was like the most inspiring chat. So yeah. like even if you're not trying to work and you it's are just me. <laughs> literally just going for lunch, you're like you're gonna walk away from that and because like you've put yourself into yeah. the relationship and like 
you do care and you have wonderful insights and you know that kind of stuff. I don't know how to be any other way that's just me but which I mean just kind of speaks more to the point I think yeah right like but I think it, when it's reciprocated, like mm-hmm. we had tons of fun. We had our wine. Then we got, got ramen. Justin yeah, came along. Ramen. We, we went back there. We made more <laughs> friends when we went back the second time. We're the kind of a my heart. <laughs> phantom king. If you are ever in D.C., it's on, I think, 5th and E Street or F Street. Um, but it's in a former Burger King. And they kind of kept the same aesthetic, but like in a it much more cool way. It makes it super fun. It's super fun. And everyone that works there, I don't know if you noticed this, was wearing like old school hip hop concert T-shirts. I didn't notice. No, but it was very cool. I have to go back. Very cool. <laughs> it's it's you should go back anyway because it's, it's just true. awesome. It's true. And they have gluten free ramen, which I'm super excited about. <laughs> it's great. So what is what is next for you? You are finally the doors are open here. Yes. You guys opened what like last week or two weeks like ago? Two weeks ago. Holy crap. Yeah. So shameless plug, everyone come for a tour. Come to the event on August seventeenth. Yeah. If we still have space, we've got a ton of people That's coming. That's true. Hurry up and get your ticket before we run out of space, because we are getting close. It's going to be amazing, um, and then I'll show you around while we're there. Yeah, while you get there. a tour from from Katie herself. She <laughs> might even give you a hug. Probably start with a high five. Yeah. Well, don't be weird. Start don't be with weird. a high five. Well, if you know me, then you'll probably be okay. That's true. I yeah. always tell people I start with a handshake and I leave with a <laughs> hug, but that's only assuming it goes well. Yeah. Lauren got a hug because she knows us. Yes. So. <laughs> I think, did we hug our first time? I was like, you're great. Let's hug. Probably. Actually. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't take long to get to a hug, but just don't like full throttle, not know me and go Yeah. Hug, you know? Start with this. No, even the side hug, I think is weird on the yeah. first encounter. I mean, we can even make up like a secret handshake when we first meet. Yeah. If that's what that, people that are works. into. So come prepared with at least like three a moves in the handshake. handshake. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's maybe easy s- to follow because it'll be all new to me. Yeah. Maybe submit a video so Katie can learn it. That would be great. Yeah. Actually. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for sitting down with me. August of 17th course. is the official book launch. It started yes. as a preview and yeah. I, I feel like everything happens oh for a reason. Gosh. It gave me like the last three weeks to get the book done. Oh, I physically have so these excited. books in hand. It is awesome. Guys, I, they look great. Yay. I designed that cover too. You did a great I job. I did the whole thing. Oh it was crazy. Gosh, I actually just talked good. to someone today about self-publishing. Yeah. I was like, have I, have I become the expert on self-publishing I now? you have. I did one and now I'm done. I think that's what happened <laughs> just now. Yeah. Just now. I'm not <laughs> um, But head on over to spitfirecoach.com. Uh, slash book. There will be a link to the uh, the launch event on August 17th. You can also go to Eventbrite, and I believe if you type in Spitting Fire or my name, uh, it will come up. Uh, seats are going fast. I think we have 75 people RSVP'd already, but we also have the people from Mindspace. So you get to mix and mingle with guests from the Spitfire podcast, with people that are in my circle and Katie's circle, people who are in this space, we got entrepreneurs. We got people creating magic every day. So if you want to get a little bit of that and you get to hear about the book, you get to buy the book here too. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be so good. And uh, we're going to have some sponsors. So you get to have some some sips and nibbles. So spitfirecoach.com slash book. Register as soon as you hear this because, you know, we don't want you to miss out and everyone's got FOMO happening. If you can't make it, go to spitfirecoach.com slash pre-order. I will keep this up for a little bit so you can order your book. But it's going live on Amazon on August 18th. Yay! Yay. Katie McKenzie, thank you so much for joining me for the Spitfire Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This awesome. was way fun. Way fun. She was scared before, but not anymore. A little bit. I was, I was you a little okay nervous. now? Yeah, I feel better. All right, awesome. Okay. And if people want to check out Mindspace, where should they go? 
go to mindspace.me or just pop into 1301 K Street Northwest and ask for Katie. Ask for Katie. You can take the McPherson Square Metro stop. It's true. You can do it. You can cut through the park. See you there. And for all the Spitfires out there, keep being awesome.